we increase the volume of our amen. 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 That sounds like it. I need to be sure that I'm speaking to those that have the victory in the blood of Jesus. So it means as we get excited, as we rejoice, it's because we know what we are rejoicing about. If you look at the world, even maybe just South Africa around you, everybody's celebrating, isn't it? People are celebrating. Some of them, do you know that they don't know what they're celebrating? Huh? But they're celebrating. Amen? So I actually think of when Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, you remember one time when Jesus said, you Samaritans, you worship what you don't know. We know what we worship. Okay? Because salvation is of the Jews. So similarly, when people celebrate, everybody can celebrate, but it's good to celebrate knowing what you are celebrating about. And we are going to celebrate the victory that we have in the blood of Jesus. So today I want us to talk about the victory in the blood of Jesus. So we said in the blood of Jesus there is victory, but you need to understand how to get this victory in the blood of Jesus. So let's go together to the book of Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. In the blood of Jesus there is victory. Revelation 12:11 New King James version it reads and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. I want you to look at this. How did they overcome him? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So can you tell your neighbor they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So now tell your neighbor you can also overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. You see the word of your testimony? You see you've got to speak something to benefit from what the blood has done for you? Amen? So, as we are going to talk about victory in the blood, we need to understand how to appropriate the blood in our lives. Let's go together to the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verse 21 to 22, New King James Version. Just laying a foundation for you so that you can understand what the blood of Jesus has done for us. So that when you say, in the blood of Jesus there is victory, you know what you are talking about. Exodus 12, 21 and 22, New King James Version reads, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover. Can we say kill the Passover lamb, all of us? Kill the Passover lamb. That was the first thing. But how many of you know that our Passover lamb has already been killed? So we don't have to start with killing the Passover lamb. Jesus has already been slain for us. He died for our sins and he rose again. So kill the Passover lamb and you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin. So that's the second step. So they kill the Passover lamb, take the bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that's in the basin and 
strike the lintel and the doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. You get that? And none of you shall, shall go out of the door of his house until morning. I want you to look at this closely. Okay? We know the blood has got power, isn't it? But it's got to be applied. Tell your neighbor, we know the blood has got power. But it's got to be applied correctly. Amen. So, kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop. So, which means, after the Passover lamb was killed, and the blood was in the basin, could it protect them? Mm -mm. But the blood was there, isn't it? So, it means it's not enough just that the blood has been shed for you. You need to appropriate it in your life. So, it says, Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that's in the basin, and strike the lintel and the doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. So you are applying the blood. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. Now, I said if the blood was in the basin, could it protect them? You said no. So it means it had to be applied. After it was applied, if anybody went out of the door of their house, would they be protected? No, which means even if we apply the blood of Jesus, we still have to walk in obedience to benefit from this blood. In other words, to appropriate what the blood of Jesus has done for us, we've got to apply the blood, but we've got to live in obedience to benefit from what the blood has done for us. Because if you look at this scripture, it talks about kill the Passover lamb, take a hyssop, dip it in the blood, in the basin, and then strike, apply it on the doorposts and the lintel of your house, and then stay in there. Now, that's what the Israelites did. I want us to see how we can do it so that we can also benefit from the blood of Jesus. You get that? So let's look now for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, New King James Version. So, Mr. MJ, there will be times when I'll ask you to read, but for now, let me lay the introduction reading myself for the sake of time. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, New King James Version says, Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lamp, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover. Did you hear the word in, in Exodus saying, take the Passover lamb and kill it? So Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. The word was is in past tense, isn't it? Even sacrificed is in past tense, isn't it? Can you tell your neighbor, our Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed already. What's left for you is to apply the blood. Amen. So it says, kill the Passover lamb and then take a hyssop Dip it in the blood that's in the basin. Apply it and stay obedient. Stay right under the blood. Now, go with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. AMPC. So, Mr. MJ will read this one for us. 1 Peter 1, 2. Amplified classic. So, we hear that the blood, Jesus has already been slain. Because you know that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. So he has already been killed. We don't have to kill a lamb. Okay? 
our lamb has been sacrificed. That's what 1 Corinthians tells us. Now in Peter, after that lamb has been sacrificed, we still need to be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood. I want you to get this. So read it in Peter. 1 Peter 1 verse 2. AMPC. Sanctified, made holy, by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Okay, so we said when the Israelites did it, they had to be obedient. They had to stay right under the blood for it to work for them. Us also, we have to be obedient. You see, he's already sacrificed, but the obedient, it doesn't say you were already obedient. It says you need to be obedient, which means we have to take that action. And also to do what? And to be sprinkled with his blood. Do you see that? Mm. I want you to get this because if you don't understand it, you're going to miss out. So, they had to kill the Passover lamb, take a bunch of hyssop, apply the blood, and then they had to stay obedient, stay right under the blood. That's why you say, I'm going to stay right under the blood. I'm going to stay right under the blood. I'm going to stay right under the blood where the devil can do me no harm. You can only claim that when you are staying where? Under the blood. You get that? So here it says, you have to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. I want us to understand this because there is the part about being obedient and then to be sprinkled with the blood. So, Revelation 12, 11 said, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So it means we need to know what the blood of Jesus has done for us so that we can speak that. When we speak that, we are applying the blood. Okay? So in other words, we don't apply the blood by like those who go to Sangomas and Inyangas and kill chicken or whatever you kill and you're applying the blood. No, it doesn't work that way. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So it was not enough just to say there is the blood. Even when you get born again, did you know that you had to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior? So for you to benefit from the blood, you've got to apply the blood. And we apply the blood as we confess and speak those blessings that is in the blood. Hebrews 3 verse 1 talks about Jesus as our high priest of our confession. So in other words, we've got to confess what the blood of Jesus has done for us. Then we are applying the blood. Then we are being sprinkled by that blood. And when we do that, we've got to remain obedient. So today I just want to share with you five things that the blood of Jesus has done for us. The blood of Jesus has done much, much more. But for the sake of time and for what we need to talk about, I'll pick five things. So there are many others. Okay? So I want you to be able to apply each of these things in your life. That's applying the blood. As you speak what the blood of Jesus has already done for you. I'll talk about redemption. Talk about forgiveness. Talk about justification. Talk about sanctification. I'll talk about protection. 
but there are many others. Okay? Redemption, forgiveness, justification, sanctification, protection, and much more. When I'm speaking these words, redemption, justification, sanctification, some of you think that's the same thing. It's not the same thing, it's just something that has been done by the same thing, which is the blood. But each of them you need to understand. That's why the Bible, there would be times when the, blood, the Bible will talk about you have been redeemed. And somewhere you will hear the Bible saying you have been forgiven. Sometimes you will hear the Bible say being justified. Sometimes you hear the Bible say you have been sanctified. You've heard that, isn't it? So what is happening? So I need to understand each of these things so that I can apply the blood in my life and benefit from all these things. So I said there are many more, but I'll take the five. So let's start with that word redemption, to be redeemed. That word, okay, I'll do like this. You know, like, for example, in Chivenda would say, Muya. If I say Muya now, for those of you who understand Venda, you don't know which Muya I'm talking about, isn't it? <laughs> because Muya can mean breath, can mean soul, it can mean wind, can mean soul, spirit, but it's Muya. So it means sometimes we need to know the original word that was used for you to understand then to benefit from it. Especially when you come against words like redemption or to be redeemed. It's not an easy English word, isn't it? You only know about redeeming the points. <laughs> that's, that's not what the Bible is talking about. Okay? So, to be redeemed, it's from the Greek word, lytrosis. L-Y-T-R-O-S-I-S. Lytrosis. L-Y-T-R-O-S-I-S. And that word means deliverance, rescue, or paying a ransom. Okay? Deliverance, rescue, paying a ransom. I want you to understand this because now I will take you through scriptures. So we don't just say in Greek it says this and there is no scripture to back it up. Okay, because even scholars can do that. But you need the word to back it up. So for me, if it says there is a ransom that should be paid or I need to be delivered or rescued, it means we were once captured. We were held hostage. You know when somebody kidnaps people, especially terrorists are good at this, they will kidnap people and say, you've got to pay a ransom for these people to be released. You know that. Yeah, so it means you are captured, you are held hostage, but somebody must pay a ransom for you to be released. That's the word redemption, okay? It's not the same with salvation. It's not the same with sanctification. Redemption means to be bought back. Now, let's go together. Ephesians 4, 8. I'll do it in God's word translation, and I'll also do it in New Life version, NLV. Unless if you've got any of the two, Mr. MJ, then I can read one of them. Do you have God's Word or NLV? No. Okay, because you can only get this. I said Bible Gateway. It's a, it's a free uh, Bible app. Just say Bible Gateway. Then you download that one. It's got all these versions that I'm talking about. It's a free Bible app. You can use that. So, in Ephesians 4, 8, 
I want you to understand this thing. When we say we have been delivered, what do we mean? When we say you have been rescued, when we say you have been redeemed, what do we mean? Ephesians 4, 8 in God's word translation, it says, that's why the scriptures say, when he went to the highest place, he took captive those who had captured us and gave gifts to people. You remember, you, you hear that? It says those who had captured us, when Jesus was ascending, he took captive those who had captured us. So in other words, we were captured by the enemy. For you to understand it, you remember in the Old Testament when after Samuel died, and Saul went to that Hinyanga and said, I'm asking for Samuel, and how Samuel could be called. So before Jesus died, before we were redeemed, we were captured by the enemy. Okay? We needed to be redeemed to be set free. So when Jesus died, even those that died before, they were released. They were set free. It says he led the captivities captive. He, 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 he set us free. Now, in the New Life version, it says, this is good. The holy writings say, when Christ went up to heaven, he took those who were held with him. He gave gifts to men. Do you now understand? Those who were held hostage, he took them. He freed them. Amen. He freed those who were held hostage. That's why when you say, I am redeemed, you are saying, I'm no longer under the control of my enemy. The enemy can no longer do with me whatever he wants. You know when you are kidnapped, your kidnapper can do with you anything he wants, isn't it? And he will demand that they must pay a ransom. But when a ransom is paid and you are freed, the enemy can no longer do with you what he wants. Because you have been redeemed. So when I say I have been redeemed, I'm saying I've been bought back. I'm no longer a slave of sin. I am no longer under the dominion of the enemy. I have been redeemed. I have been rescued. Now you will understand Colossians 1.13. Look, Colossians 1.13. So, Mr. MJ, do you have it in... Okay, you will do it in AMPC. Let me do it in the Passion. Colossians 1.13. Now, when you read this one now, when you understand redemption, now you will start understanding, Joe, we were in trouble. Eh? We were held hostage. We had to be rescued. We had to be delivered. You used to read that, but you never understood when you say, he has delivered us. What did you mean? It means you were held captive. You were in bondage. So let's read it. So I will read it in the Passion. It says, he has rescued us. So when he has rescued us, that's what you do when people are kidnapped. You go and rescue them from the hands of their kidnappers. So he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So you see redemption. He has rescued us. Read it in the Amplified Classic, uh, Mr. MJ. The Father has delivered... Okay, now you start understanding that word, delivered. Now it, sounds, now it sounds good now. Now you can understand the context. The Father has delivered, delivered. us. 
where we were held hostage. Okay, the father has delivered us and drawn us to himself yes out of the control and the dominion of darkness i like that that now i'm no longer under the control of the dominion of darkness tell your neighbor i've been delivered i've been delivered i'm no longer under the control i'm no longer under the control and dominion of darkness of darkness i'm free Amen. Amen. So you can celebrate now that I've been delivered. Amen. Amen. That is the word to be redeemed. I've been delivered. So he has delivered us from the hands of the enemy. Actually, Psalms put it nicely. It summarizes what I've been telling you about. Go to Psalms 107 verse 2, New King James Version, Mr. MJ. Psalms 107 verse 2. Summarizes what I'm telling you about because sometimes we tell you this thing and we say the Greek word says this, this, this. That's not enough. We need to show you scriptures because God doesn't watch over Greek to perform it. He only watches over his word to perform it. So if I can tell you all the Greek and Venda and English and whatever, if I don't say what God has said, God cannot do anything. He wants the word of your testimony as you appropriate that which the blood has done for you. Now listen to this. One, Psalms 107 verse 2. This is nice. New King James Version. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who are the redeemed of the Lord? We are. We Amen. are. And we have to say something. Mm. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Amen. The redeemed of the Lord must say so. Mm -hmm. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Guys, do I still need to prove my point? <laughs> it sounds clear. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So it means there was a time when we were captured. There was a time when we were under the hands of the enemy. And the enemy could do with us whatever he wanted. Like those hostage takers that you are almost at their mercy. I don't know even if they have mercy. Okay? But you know you can be killed anytime. You know you can be beaten anytime. You know you can be tortured anytime. Because you are in the hands, under the hands of your hostage takers. Now, when I've been redeemed from the hands of the enemy, I'm excited. I rejoice that I've been redeemed. I have been bought back. A ransom has been paid. You remember after Jesus rose from the dead and he met Mary, Mary, when Mary wanted to touch him, he said, don't touch me. I still need to present the blood before my father. Okay? And that is the blood that has redeemed us. The price has been paid. Amen? Ephesians 1.7, New King James reads, Ephesians 1.7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So where do we have redemption? Through his blood. So when we say there is power in the blood, when we say there is victory in the blood, you need to know the victory that you have in the blood. The first part is that you have been redeemed. You are free. Amen? Because of the blood. And now, when people of this world kidnaps anybody or capture somebody, when they want a ransom, usually they are looking for money, isn't it? How many of you know that you were not redeemed by money? 
money would not do it. Listen to this. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. First Peter 1, 18 and 19, New King James Version, it says, knowing that you were not redeemed, you see that word, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. In the world, if you are captured, you need to be redeemed by money, isn't it? But you were not redeemed by that. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Are you getting this? So we heard of the blood of the lamb. Now Jesus also is our Passover lamb. His blood was shed for me. So I've been redeemed, not by money, but by the precious blood of the lamb. Tell your neighbor, I've been redeemed. Not by money. By the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. So if I'm redeemed by that blood, now I'm no longer a slave of sin. Now I come before God. The things that I've done, I need to be forgiven now, isn't it? Yeah, so that we can start with a new slate. Because it won't help me if I was a sinner and all that thing, now he delivers me, he brings me here just to punish me. Uh -uh. So I wanted that if he has redeemed me from the hands of the enemy, I want him to forgive me. So the second one is forgiveness. Through the very same blood that has redeemed us, we are also forgiven. I'll just give you two verses. I'll read 1 John 1, 7 in the New King James Version, and I'll ask Mr. MJ to read Psalms 51, verse 7 in the NIV. Psalms 51, 7, NIV. I'll go 1 John 1, 7, New King James Version. Listen. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Did you get that? So it says the blood of Jesus does what? It cleanses us. It washes us from all sin. When the blood of Jesus has washed you, you become really clean. If I, let's say there is a stain here on this. I think they usually like it. What's that powder that they show on TV? Ariel or what? Huh? Vanish. Okay. But one of those. So they will show you there is a stain. Okay? And then they will wash it. In the, then when they take it out, you don't see a stain. Now you think the blood of Jesus will wash less than Ariel or Vanish? Because for you, after the blood has washed you, you still remain stainful. You must be stainless after the blood of Jesus has washed you. Amen? Mr. MJ used to like to say, stronger than the strongest washing powder. <laughs> so the blood of Jesus can wash and cleanse us whiter than snow. So read it, uh, Psalms 51 verse 7. This is after... David had committed two sins that he would say they are not forgivable. He committed adultery with the wife of Bathsheba. And when he realized that Bathsheba was going to be pregnant and Uriah was at war, 
and then they will be surprised, whose baby is this? He then organized that Uriah must be killed in the war. Because when he called him to come home, he thought Uriah would sleep with his wife and then think that the child is his. But when Uriah came home, he refused to sleep with his wife. He said, I can't sleep with my wife when other people are in war. Now David's plan was thwarted. And then he thought, what else? That let's rather get this guy killed. Now after Uriah was killed, so you commit adultery, you kill somebody, how do you face God after that? So now if you read Psalms 51, it's talking about when David was repenting. He says, my sin is always before me. You know, sometimes after sinning and this thing doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It's always before me. It's as if it keeps on playing in my mind. Now, I want you to look at verse 7. He wants to take advantage of the blood. Because he knows if the blood washes me, I will be whiter than snow. The trace of sin will no longer be there. Psalms 51 verse 7 NIV read. Cleanse me with hyssop. Okay, cleanse me with hyssop. We read hyssop somewhere mm. in Exodus. Hyssop was used to take the blood, to, stra- to, to, to apply the blood with. You remember? So when he says cleanse me with hyssop, so in other words, sprinkle me with the blood, and then if you do that, what will happen? And I will be clean. Okay. Uh-huh. Wash me, and I will be whiter Amen. And this is not an advert. It's real. Amen. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. So in other words, my sin will no longer be traceable. When you wash me, my sin will no longer be traceable. People may say they know they have got a case against me. They can say, we've caught her red-handed. We know she did this. She committed adultery. She committed abortion. She did all these things. She did this and this and this. But when it's washed, it says, I'll be whiter than snow. You will no longer be able to trace it. That takes us then into the third word, which I like this one. I think it frustrates the enemy. It's the word justification. Okay? So the very same blood that has redeemed me and made sure that it cleanses me that I may be forgiven, it has also justified me. Okay. Now, that word justified, I'll make it simple for you. Let's take a case where somebody has done something wrong. And they get arrested. And there are charges against you. You've got to answer for your charges. When you go to court... After everything, then the judge says, not guilty. It doesn't matter if you did it or you didn't do it. The judge says, not guilty. That's what the judge, Jehovah, says. When the blood of Jesus has come into a place, the father looks there and finds out, it's clean. So what, devil, what are you talking about? You say she's committed this, she did this and this, but I'm looking for it, I don't see it. Because the blood of Jesus has washed it. So it's not guilty. So that word justified, you can say it's just as if I'd never seen. 
Amen. Justified. Just if I never so in other words, you are treated as if you have never seen. You know that when somebody, when the judge says not guilty, they treat you like you didn't do it. It doesn't matter if you did it. If the judge says not guilty, you are treated like you didn't do it. You are acquitted. That's the other word for justification. Okay? So when we say you are justified, you are declared not guilty, you are acquitted. So your charges are cancelled. So, Mr. MJ, do you have NLT? Okay. Read for us Colossians 2.14 in the NLT. I want you to get this because when I speak these words, I've got to show you in scriptures what I'm talking about. So, you will see that the charges that were laid against you, the Bible talks about them being cancelled. It doesn't say you didn't do it. Okay? So, when you are justified, justified... You are treated just as if you didn't sin, even though you have sinned. That's the word justification. So now read Colossians 2.14 in the NLT. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Don't you like that? So it says he cancelled the record of charges. It means there were a record of charges. Huh? Tell your neighbor, there was a record of charges, but it's cancelled. I like it. If it's cancelled, who are you to reinstate the charges? Okay? So it says, he has cancelled the record of charges against us by doing what? By nailing it on the cross. So when we are celebrating the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are celebrating the fact that we have been justified. The record that was against us has been cancelled. Now Romans 5, 8, and 9, I will read in the New King James Version. Romans 5, 8, and 9, New King James Version. To just reiterate the same thing of being justified by the blood. It says, Romans 5, 8, and 9, New King James Version. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, you see, he doesn't deny that we were sinners. Okay? So we don't deny that we were sinners. So you can actually, you were supposed to be found guilty because you've done it. So Christ, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when he died for us, much more than having now been just by his blood. So when we are justified, what's happening? We are treated as if we didn't sin. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now he has justified us. We shall be saved from the wrath through him. Because if then the, the judge says not guilty, if you are not found guilty, do you get sentenced? Mm -mm. It means, once I'm declared not guilty, once I'm justified, then I escape the wrath. I cannot be sentenced because I've been justified. Don't you think it should be frustrating to be the devil? Because now you've got all the evidence of this case against this person. You know he's done it. Isn't it? Everybody knows she's done it. 
We've got all the evidence. But then the judge says not guilty. Justified. Amen. I think that one might even irritate the devil more. Justified. Amen. So in other words, it's not denied that you were not a sinner. But you are treated as if you never sinned. Justified. Amen. So now once we are justified, we are now separate. We have now to be separated from sin. That's where now we get the word sanctification. Okay? Now we are sanctified. That word sanctified, it sounds close to another word you know, saint. Isn't it? You've heard of the word saint. Okay. Now, in being sanctified, it means we have been set apart from sin, but set apart for God. We have been set apart from sin, but then reserved for God's use. In other words, I am now holy for God. Okay? When you are sanctified, you are set aside, apart, and you are made holy. You are freed from sin, but you are made holy. So if you read with me Hebrews 13, 12, New King James Version. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his blood, suffered outside the gate. So we are sanctified through his blood. So you see what the blood is doing. You were redeemed by the blood. Cleansed by the blood. Justified by the blood. Sanctified by the blood. So this one, when you are set apart from sin and you are reserved for special use by God, you are made holy. Actually, if we read, we won't read Hebrews 12, 10 and 11. It shows that when we are sanctified, we become partakers of God's holiness. Okay? Sanctified. Saint. So therefore, if I was then a sinner and a slave of sin, now when I'm set as part, I cannot continue to live in sin. Okay? In other words, I can't say, because I will be treated just as if I'd never sinned, so I will just keep on sinning. No, you are also sanctified. You are set apart to be special, for special use by God. Tell your neighbor you are special. Amen. And you need to be treated like somebody who is special. Don't allow the devil to still use your body for sin. Because if you are set apart from sin, but you are set apart and reserved for the master's use, while before you accepted Jesus, you were available to be used by the enemy. The devil could make your body do anything with it. Okay? So your body could be used by the devil to do anything. But now when you are set apart and you are sanctified, now your body is no longer to be used to do the works of the enemy. You can no longer serve the devil with your body. Now that we are sanctified, we serve God with our bodies. This body that the devil used to use for whatever other things there as sins, now this body becomes the house of prayer. Now it's used for God's use, for the master's use, because now I am holy. I've been sanctified. I've been set apart. I no longer serve 
sin. Because some of you, as we're sharing this, redeemed, you understand that you've been rescued, isn't it? Delivered. A ransom has been paid. Forgiven, cleansed, washed, your sins washed away that you are whiter than snow. And we said justified, just as if you have never sinned, and you thought, means I can still do whatever I want to do and the blood will wash me. Does it really work like that? Okay. If a child holds a glass of water, bringing the glass of water to you, and then as she walks, she trips and the, the glass falls and breaks, and the child says, sorry, 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 mommy, sorry, mommy. Do you beat that child? You forgive her, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. But if the child says, mommy, I'm going to break this glass. <laughs> I know you forgive. I'm going to break this glass and I'll ask you for forgiveness. Now the child breaks the glass. Is mommy going to forgive the child? Mommy will show that I'm not just a gracious mommy. I'm also a just mommy. So she will get justice. Okay? So that's what Hebrews, Hebrews 10.26, we're going to read it now. So in other words, you cannot then say, I will deliberately keep on sinning because I hear that I will be treated just as if I've never sinned. I hear that the blood of Jesus cleanses me so I can just go and do whatever I want and I'll just come back and ask for forgiveness. Hebrews 10, 26 to 29 NIV. Do you have it, Mr. MJ? Okay, read it for us. In the NIV, Hebrews 10, 26 to 29 NIV. If we deliberately keep on sinning. Okay, did you hear that? If we deliberately keep on sinning, I want to see if this blood will still work. Mm. Okay? Because I can't just say my theory on my own. I need to prove it with scriptures. Okay? Mm. So tell us, if we deliberately keep on sinning... Uh -huh. After we have received the knowledge of the truth, mm. no sacrifice for sins is left, mm. but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Okay. In verse 27, you see the word judgment. Mm. You don't see the word justification. It means now God is a just judge. You can't keep on sinning and say, I am justified. You now face judgment because God is also a just God. You get that? If you deliberately keep on sinning, there is no more sacrifice for sin left. Only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished? Now we're talking about punishment. Eh? Judgment, punishment. Now we're no longer hearing the word justification because you are deliberately keeping on sinning. So you need to also know that God is a just God because you were intentionally going to test whether he is just or not. He's just. So it says, how much more do you think someone deserves to be punished? 
who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified us. So the blood had actually sanctified you, but now you are trampling it underfoot. It says you deserve to be punished. And who has insulted the spirit of grace. So you don't say because there is grace, because there is mercy, I can just live the way I want. You get that? We need to bring that balance. Because as much as we talk about God's grace, God is also a just God. Because I know, okay, there is another servant of God that I admired, that I liked when I was still in medical school and that. Now, he talks grace. Now he's gone overboard with this grace thing. He says, to him, because God is gracious, he doesn't believe anybody will burn in hell. Because God is gracious. So, but the Bible is clear. Even here, it talks about the judgment and the raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So now, he is saying, because God is gracious, he can't see how anybody will burn in hell when God is gracious. And he forgets that God is also a just God. Okay? So therefore, according to this scripture, we should not deliberately keep on sinning. Okay? But if you sin, don't run away from God. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you. And wash you whiter than snow. And you will be justified as if you have never sinned. The record of charges against you will be cancelled. So don't run away from God. Never think, I've done something so big that God cannot forgive me. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he separated us from our transgressions. You get that? You understand the word justification. You understand the word redemption. We've been redeemed, set free from the enemy. A ransom has been paid. It is finished, paid in full. Okay? We understand that the blood of Jesus has washed us, cleansed us. We are clean. Okay? We are forgiven. You understand that justified as if we didn't sin. So though we were sinners, Christ died for us and we've been justified so that we may escape the wrath that's coming. But then after we're justified, we are also sanctified. We are made, we are set apart for special use by God. We've been made saints. We are holy in Christ. So let's conclude with protection. Okay? So I said there are many other things that the blood of Jesus has done for us, but I just picked these five. So that when you get out of here, when you say I'm celebrating the blood of Jesus, now you understand. Sure. You mean I was captured? You mean I was held hostage? You mean the devil could kill me anytime he wanted? Yes. But now, he can't. That's why, as the redeemed of the Lord, I speak what I believe. You will be speaking things that the Bible promised. Now I know I'm free. I don't have to be afraid of my hostage taker anymore. I'm no longer a slave to him. I'm free now. But if you were still captured, you were held hostage, you just don't know any time we may be killed here. Some of you treat God like that. You live with God as if any time, you never know, any time God can kill you. As if he's a hostage taker. Hostage takers can kill you any time, not God. Okay? God delivers us. 
from our hostage takers. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Now, Exodus 12, 13. So, Mr. MJ, you can do Exodus 12, 23 in the King James Version, KJV. I will do Exodus 12, 13 in the NKJV. And you will do Exodus 12, 23 in KJV. I want you to understand this. So, it says, Exodus 12, 13, NKJV. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. In other words, the blood will protect you. He says, when I see the blood, I will not allow the destroyer to destroy you. Read, read uh, 12.23, King James Version. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel, and on the two sides post, the Lord will pass over the door, and will not suffer the destroyer to come in into your houses to smite you. Amen. So it means, I will stay right under the blood, where the devil can do me no harm. When the destroyer wants to destroy, he cannot come because the blood is covering me. Amen? So when we are children of God, we told you about in our kingdom, we are protected. The angel of the Lord encamps around us who fear God. So when I say it should be frustrating to be the devil, let me give you these two examples. Let's say you've done something wrong. You are caught red-handed. There's all the evidence that you've done something wrong. Okay? Now, you repent, you go before God, you plead for God's mercy and his blood to wash you. The devil still thinks he's got a case, isn't he? Comes there, says, I've got a case. I know this person must be condemned. This person must be crucified. He's done this and this and this. And then the judge says, not guilty. How is he not guilty when we know he did this and this and this? No, we checked this record. It's cancelled. No, but it's not fair. How does this record just get cancelled when he's done this and this? The blood of Jesus has washed him whiter than snow. We can't see it. Even if we wanted to punish him, on what basis are we going to punish him? Because it's washed away. It's not there. As far as the east is from the west, so far has the Lord separated us. So you've got all the reasons to celebrate, but the devil is frustrated. You know, the second frustration of the enemy, there are many frustrations because of the blood. That's why we say, in the blood, in the blood. So imagine the enemy puts a trap and he wants to kill you. Like, you know that he wants to kill some of us. Yeah, I mean, you can't be talking this thing and not be on the hit list of the devil. You, you are on the hit list of the devil. But because I'm no longer captured, I'm free now. And he can't get me. I'll stay right under the blood of Jesus. So I've got to make sure I don't get out. Because you can't cause all this trouble and keep on going out there. The devil will get you. Okay? If you want to cause trouble for the enemy, remain obedient. Don't get out of there because he will kill you. Now, Psalms 91 says he delivers us from the snare of the fowler. Which means there are times when the devil would plan to kill you and make snares. 
to catch you with. So imagine the devil wants to kill you in an accident. You know when we go from Pal, there's that bridge when you go, before you come to the, the tunnel. Now, if there's a truck which has lost its brakes coming that way, and on this side there are cars coming and the cars behind you, and this, this side is the, you know, those walls. So it means the devil thinks, I've got her today. She's got to die. But the blood of Jesus says, when I see the blood, I will not let the destroyer touch you. Amen. Amen. So it means I am sealed by the blood. It says you have to be sprinkled by the blood. And we apply that blood as we speak it. So keep on speaking the things that I've been sharing with you today. Because then you are applying the blood. Because some of you, when I speak, you think, hey, pastor, that's a danger. That's dangerous. You can't keep on speaking these things. What if the devil, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. If you don't say it, the enemy will have something to work with. Speak what you believe, because we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So let me conclude with, this verse in 1 Corinthians 1.18 in the NLT, New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 1.18, NLT. Says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know that it is the very power of God. Did you see that? So somebody will say, Pastor, you mean just speaking it? That's foolish. How can it work by, you mean just speaking it? It sounds foolish. To those who are perishing, it's foolishness. But to us who are being saved, we know that's how the power works. That is the power of God unto salvation. So, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, but we also have to speak that. So, the things that I've shared with you today, I want you to, to apply this in your life. That's sprinkling the blood. That's applying the blood in your life. So speak these things. Speak them. Because let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So keep on revising this. I believe some of you have got notes. And by the way, today's message also will be also premiered on YouTube at 2 o'clock this afternoon. So at least you've got a time again also to revise and also share with the others. Because if the blood of Jesus has been shed, I don't want my blood to be shed. Amen? You know, usually during this time, Easter period, the enemy is shedding a lot of blood. But there was a blood that was shed for us. The blood of Jesus. So my blood cannot be shed in Jesus' name. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hands of the enemy. You have to say it. It's not only for pastor. Okay? It's in your Bible. Didn't I show you all those scriptures in your Bible? Huh? So it means it's not as if it's something that I have made or that I'm making up. I've given you scriptures. Go and revise it and keep on meditating upon it. Because sometimes you will find if you keep on only seeing what the devil is doing, you look at cars that, especially now during Good Friday period, you will see horrible accidents. People being destroyed to pieces and even fear to drive. 
And if you keep on seeing that and you don't also see what the blood of Jesus has done, you are going to be scared. And when you are afraid, you cannot apply faith. Because fear comes by believing the ability of the enemy to destroy you. While faith is believing in the ability of God to save you. Amen. So in other words, when you are believing God, you say, I know my God. I know he will deliver me. But I want to plead to all of you, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hands of the enemy. Can you stand up and thank God for the word that we've heard?